the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. Eight minutes after 10. Thanks for joining us on AM 1420. The answer is hour number two gets underway on this Tuesday, the sixth morning, the seventh month of the year of our Lord 2021. Still has the Monday vibe for me. As uh, most of us were off yesterday observing the July 4th holiday from Sunday. Uh, but it is a Tuesday, and that means it is Kersenow Day, as we welcome Peter Kersenow, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, Cleveland attorney, best-selling author, columnist for the uh, uh, National Review, and many more titles, including host of the Kersenow Report, by the way. You should remember, check in with that uh, whenever you can uh, on AM 1420, The Answer. Pete, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty well, Bob. How are you doing? I'm uh, I'm good, Pete. I, uh, I I I'm going to ask you about something that was not on our pr- approved list of of topics. Uh, real fast, <laughs> just because it won't take you long to 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 appreciate this. Uh, you'll you'll get it right away. I saw a story two days ago, headlined: Chicago Mayor blames Trump for all her issues. Okay. Now, and the and the reason this is important to me right now, and the reason I've decided to throw this at you, Pete, is because of the massive crime wave that we continue to endure nationwide, but in particular in the biggest cities. We had just a horrific weekend of shootings and attacks uh, in America's biggest cities, almost all of them exclusively Democrat-run and almost exclusively Democrat police defunded. But um, all of the crime in Chicago, Peter Kersenow, has led uh, 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 Lori Lightfoot, the mayor there, to pass the buck, blaming two things. First, she said racism and sexism. She's taking more criticism for the crime, because, for crime in Chicago, because she's black and because she's a woman. I'm surprised she didn't play the homophobic card there as well, because she's gay. But she did do, do those. And then she said that Trump is to blame for all of this. I'm going to read you the quote. Now I'll get your response. Quote, It is incredibly gratifying to have a partner in the White House who understands the appropriate and unique role that the federal government has to play in public safety at the local level. For four years, we were ignored over and over again. I started raising these issues from the moment I became mayor. We needed more help from our federal partners, period, end of quote. Now, Pete, that took me to the interwebs to find... It took 0.2 seconds for me to find the first of many, 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 many quotes that said, headline here, in fact, Chicago mayor, we won't let federal officials play police in our city. (laughs) Lori Lightfoot doubled down Sunday on her call for the Trump administration not to send federal troops to her city. I've said it before and I'll say it again. No troops, no agents that are coming in outside of our knowledge, notification and control that are violating people's constitutional rights. That's the framework. We're not letting them come into Chicago playing police in our cities and our neighborhoods when they don't know the first thing about our city. Peter, that was only a year ago. That was July of 2020 that that Lori Lightfoot declared no feds in Chicago every time President Trump said, I'm going to send feds into Chicago to deal with your crime. 
Now, one year later, she thinks we forgot all of that, and she is proclaiming that, quote, we needed more help from our federal partners. Donald Trump did ignored us for four years. I, I'm, yeah, this is head explosion type stuff, Pete. Uh, Bob, but you surprised me. Right on the heels of Jen Psaki claiming it was Republicans who are calling for defunding the police, <laughs> you know, we've got Lori Lightfoot doing this, and you're surprised. No, uh, this is stock for the Democratic Party, the light of fire. Just the chutzpah, though. Yeah, it, it really is amazing, but the chutzpah is uh, understandable. Uh, consider if you got coverage from all of the mainstream media for every single lie, every single incompetency on your part, and not only that, not just coverage, but they they propagandize on your behalf. They lie actively on your behalf. We've had this discussion before. We've all seen the dissent of the media over the last several years during the Trump administration. We'd always seen, you know, bias, and it got increasingly biased during the Obama administration. Of course, Obama, one of the most mediocre and I'm being charitable presidents in history, uh, got glowing coverage. Remember the Nobel Peace Prize for just showing up. Uh, and then it accelerated just dramatically under Trump in a negative fashion. So we've seen this kind of stuff. And, and so what it does is it emboldens Democrats because, let's face it, many of their constituents believe these lies for a variety of reasons, one of which the media organs to which they turn tell and propagate these lies or fail to cover. Go back to the, the one of the greatest scandals in American politics, in the history of American politics, is the Hunter Biden laptop. But it got absolutely and continues to get absolutely no coverage. So there's a significant portion of Americans who know nothing whatsoever about it. Believe me when I tell you that the Democrats at every level, from a ward leader in Chicago to the presidency, they believe that they can say these things with impunity because they have been saying these things with impunity and the media will carry their water for them. But what it does is it harms Americans dramatically because what we've seen is 100 years of straight Democratic rule in Chicago. 100 uninterrupted years. There's not a Republican in sight there. On top of that, they've had black mayors, I don't know how, a total of how many years over the last 40. They've had female mayors also um, during that, that period of time. They've had black police chiefs, black prosecutors, etc. And as you've indicated, Republicans, at least Donald Trump, has said, look, we've got to do something about this. You and I remember him actively saying so that something needs to be done, but he can't simply force his way. And he's talked about that with other uh, cities, too, especially yep. during the uh, riots of last year. But the Democrats and their media organs were adamantly opposed to Trump doing anything about this. They didn't want to get credit for, for anything after the Democrats lit the fire, lit the fuses on these things and let the cities burn and people get killed and businesses get ransacked and burned down. Also, think of the thousands and thousands who have lost their livelihoods, not just business owners, but the people who work there, most of which were in poor neighborhoods, too. And yet these, these uh, Democratic governors and mayors are out there saying defund the police and have actually defunded the police, and then they go and blame Trump, the law and order guy, and we're supposed to believe these things. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Democrats depend on short attention spans from their voters, and they depend on a compliant media to do their bidding for them.
That's why it's so extraordinarily important for us to do what we do. I mean, seriously. Because yeah. nobody, nobody would have bothered to look at that. Nobody would have bothered to look, saying, what do you mean you were ignored for four years by Trump? Trump offered. In fact, Trump threatened to send feds in if you don't get your crime rate under control there because so many Chicagoans were dying every weekend. And, uh, and then for her to claim we were ignored, it's just the hypocrisy is too much to bear. All right, Pete, um, Overall, I, I, I want to talk about, you know, you heard what Cory Bush had to say, of course, uh, one of the members of the squad who declared that this is not a free country for black people. Black people literally, she said, are still not free. When, the four, when they say that the 4th of July is about American freedom, remember this, the freedom they're referring to is for white people. This land is stolen land, and black people aren't free. She hates this country. Maxine Waters said, The Declaration of Independence says all men are created equal. Equal to what? What men? Only white men. Isn't uh, isn't it something that they wrote this in 1776 when African Americans were enslaved? They weren't thinking about us then, but we are thinking about us now. Further, the Declaration of Independence says we hold these truths to be self-evident, yet 17 states have enacted voter suppression laws, she calls them. Supreme Court gutted Section 5 of the Voting Rights Act, and then she listed the names George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, Sandra Bland, and and Tamir Rice. Uh, And then finally, Pete, and I'm getting to the end here, finally we have uh, media outlets in addition to these elected officials, Democrat elected officials, the New York Times ran a headlined article, A Fourth of July Symbol of Unity That May No Longer Unite. This was an article critical, not of the Confederate flag, which has long been since cast into the, into the ashbin of history, but the American flag. Uh, today, they write, flying the American flag from the back of a pickup truck or over a lawn is increasingly seen as a clue to a person's political affiliation in a deeply divided nation. In other words, only one side really likes the American flag anymore. NPR referred to the 13 British colonies downplaying the significance of the Declaration of Independence. USA Today chimes in with a story headlined, Are You Ambivalent About Celebrating July 4th? You're Not Alone. Pete Liberal Democrats in office and in the media, and you repeat yourself, uh, they are becoming more and more brazen about expressing their hatred for this country and its history. And you say what? I say, uh, you know, if I were or you were as ignorant as Cory Bush, Maxine Waters, and the editors of the New York Times, you might believe the same thing. You have to, it's an extraordinary level of stupidity. Let's, let's grant at least a few of those people, unfortunately, of the benefit of the doubt that they do have a bit of knowledge. That makes it even worse, because that means they're being mendacious about this. Um, I don't know. You know, I've been looking around. I spent a little bit of time over the July 4th weekend because I had a little time on my hands, and I was driving around. And, Bob, did you see any slaves? I haven't seen any recently. I know they maybe maybe they're escaped. Maybe they've gone somewhere. But I, I saw them on TV. Hard. I saw some on TV, and they're in China. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking all over for slaves. Uh, let's let's be frank about this. And I think you know one of the things I'm going to try to resolve at the risk of being canceled uh, even more than I, than I usually am is to just speak plain truths, um, even if they bother the sensibilities of some of the woke karate out there. And the plain truth is that this is the most generous nation in the world. Our people are the most entitled and fortunate people in the world. That includes Corey Bush and Maxine Waters, because in a sane world, those two people wouldn't have jobs anywhere because they have absolutely no skills and clearly not too many brain cells to rub together. 
And the New York Times is nothing more than a propaganda organ. Uh, I, you know, at one time they were a newspaper that at least imparted some information. They no longer do so. This is where we are today. None of those things are extreme exaggerations. Some are, are somewhat playful in, 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 their, in the terms that I'm, I'm using. But nonetheless, we've got this hatred of America that we've seen Oh, maybe over 40 years, but it's become really pernicious and intense over the last three or four years. And there are a number of things we've called this. You know, you can point to the 1619 Project, critical race theory, all manner of things, just the advance of socialism across the, the political spectrum. However, it's reaching a point where it may be a point of no return. I hate to be histrionic about this, but um, there comes a time when you've got your leaders proclaiming how bad the country is. We've got General Milley, we've got Lede, we've got so many, Gilday, we have so many individuals who are in positions of power in the most critical organs of the United States who are spewing America hatred, or if it's not overt America hatred, the ultimate result is the same as people who hate America. We can't survive long like this as a nation. Something needs to be done, and it, it, you know, we're reaching a point of no return. When you've got the academies, when you've got major institutions, major companies, you can't turn on the TV now without a commercial making some kind of allusion to um, the fact that the United States is somehow imperfect. Yes, it's imperfect. You can be imperfect and still be great. Uh, th- this is an amazing phenomenon that is not going to end well, and it's going to take all of us pulling it in an opposite direction. I think we all have a duty, and we, we hear that from time to time, and many people have made tremendous sacrifices, ultimate sacrifices for America, and to honor them, we have to continue to pursue their ultimate aims, but it's going to take every single one of us, maybe not every day, maybe not in every sphere, but at some point, every single one of us has got to be rowing in the same direction in opposition to the Cory Bushes and Maxine Waters of the world. Otherwise, we won't survive as a nation. Well, we're going to talk about directions in a moment, Pete. I'm glad you phrased it that way. That's going to lead us into a question that is going to take a long time, I think, for you to try to ponder an answer. But I'm going to ask you to do it, and we'll ask others to do the same thing. Back with Chris and I right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1023 now. I want to continue with Peter Kirsten. Now, Pete, you were talking about rowing in the same direction and pushing back against, you know, uh, some of these narratives and so forth. I want to talk about the country rowing in the same direction and whether or not that will ever happen again. You know, we always talk about when is this divisiveness going to end? Uh, when is this, you know, when is unity going to happen again? We all came together after 9-11. You know, when can we do that again? Um, I shared this with you, Pete, prior to the show, and I'm going to ask you about it now. Matt Walsh is a blogger and commentator and podcast host, and um, he's a social media influencer. And he wrote a tweet uh, just a couple of days ago that I found to be very intriguing. And I want to get your response to it. It's, uh, it, it, it reads the following. There will never be unity. One side of the divide thinks that children should go to drag shows, women have penises, Infanticide is good, and all white people are racist. There is no common ground between us. I despise their worldview and have no respect for those who ascribe to it. Pete, I found that to be just very, very thought-provoking. 
Um, I added to it, as a matter of fact, the part about that worldview. I despise that worldview, and especially those who who uh, intend to force that worldview upon our children, making that their worldview. He's basically saying we cannot come together. Together, There's no common ground. There's no place to compromise with people who think any of those things. I tend to think he's right. As much as I am reticent to, to write off our country as being forever divided and never coming back together in a unified you know, pride in America, I, I, I have a hard time disputing his notion there. What are your thoughts? I think that um, if I were asked to take which side of the argument, um, you know, should you take the pro-Matt Walsh argument? In other words, is he correct? Or take the rosier view that the United States is going to unify at some point and achieve the vision we'd all hope for it. I think that the smart money would go on the Matt Walsh side, quite frankly. Um, When we're looking at the kind of profound divisions that we see now on subjects that are virtually irreconcilable, I mean, if you you do think that... um, you know, a woman has a penis and uh, somebody else doesn't. I mean, those things can't be reconciled. There's no way of reconciling them because those are f- objective facts. Uh, and if you don't believe in objective facts, then, you know, what do you do to convince the other side? I mean, these are adults. They've been around for a long time, and yet they're saying these kinds of things. If you believe that socialism slash communism is better than capitalism, then again, you've missed the last 150 years of history. And you can't reconcile that. You're looking at 100 million corpus, corpse, corpses, corpses, sound like Joe Biden, uh, corpses on one side of the ledger versus those who have liberated hundreds of millions of people. And you can't reconcile those things. Those are objective truths. And we're being propagandized by many institutions these days to believe that America is an awful place. Um, I happen to hope, I don't know that it's possible, but I'm hopeful that at some point there is something almost cataclysmic, not violently cataclysmic, but in terms of the thought process. We're seeing some glimmer of that uh, occurring with respect to the parent response to critical race theory. Uh, I've said that I believe that to be the third rail that the Democrats finally screwed up big time because parents... Liberal and conservative are rebelling and rejecting uh, this tremendously because it's happening to their kids. They don't want their kids poisoned. And, you know, it's that kind of dynamic, I think, that could work against what Matt Walsh thinks is the eventual uh, product of all these things. And, and again, I think rationally speaking, you'd think that he's correct. But... um, America is a place of hope. I'm going to continue to hold out hope that it's possible, but at the same time, understanding that it's not going to happen unless, look, uh, conservatives, and by that I mean if we're talking about political actors, we've got to get the Republican Party on board with understanding that we are in a huge crisis here that could, and I, I don't mean to overstate this, but, you know, if the left prevails, it's the end of the United States of America as we know it, and Republicans need to act accordingly. That starts at the lowest precinct level all the way up to the highest levels of the land. And we've got to have our Republican colleagues understand that they may have minor differences with some of their other Republican cohort. Um, I I tend to think of those individuals, for example, who voted for uh, impeaching Donald Trump. They have to understand the overarching issue here means we've got to be rowing in the same direction, otherwise we lose the country. 
And for all those people who think that, you know, take, and I, I have no problem people, with people taking a principled stand, but keep your eye on the ball here. The Democrats have marshaled their forces in unison, and they're moving radically in a direction that means the end of the United States of America, as we know it. And so we better act accordingly and act with as much vigor and purpose as they do. And we can't have too many, you know, weak sisters out there saying, well, I'm going to go along with this particular bill that funds every single Democratic wish list, which eventually means that they want to undermine the essential portions of the United States, our liberties, freedoms, and what made the country great. So uh, uh, long-winded answer, Bob, to say I think Matt Walsh has got the intellectual advantage here. I think, you know, if, you, if you're going to be um, rational about this and not Pollyannish, that he's right. But the United States is, uh, I, I have a lot of faith in the United States. And every day, you and I, Bob, we meet people who are extraordinary. And when you meet these people, you say, no way in the world the United States loses. No way in the world the New York Times vision of the world prevails. Uh, but it's not going to be without considerable work. Pete, that was a long-winded answer, but that's okay, because I told you it was a very deeply thought-provoking question, and it, and it requires a long-winded answer. Um, however, I don't think you're done, um, because you, that was very political. I think a lot of your response was very political. You sound, you've been in politics or following politics for a very long time, and I think you did a good job of being a politician there, but I, I, I didn't get the answer I wanted, and I'll explain that a little bit further and ask you to go a little deeper right after the news on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1034, we continue now with Peter Kersenow. I'm probably going to tick him off right now because I'm going to call him out on his last answer as being um, something of an avoidance of the question. Peter Kersenow, the question that, well, let me read it for those who just turned the radio on and they have no idea what I'm talking about or what you, what you said last segment, real quick. Matt Walsh tweeted something about the dysfunction between the two political ideologies, the two largest political ideologies in America today, progressivism and conservatism. He said, there will never, there will never be unity. One side of the divide thinks that children should go to drag shows, women have penises, infanticide is good, and all white people are racist. There is no common ground between us. I despise their worldview and have no respect for those who ascribe to it. So, Pete, when I asked you if you agree with that, you gave me a really great political answer about you know my, uh, Matt Walsh having this on his side versus what the other side has, and so on and so forth. And you talked about how he's got certainly the intellectual chops to to make his point, but you didn't give me your worldview or your opinion well, to my, his, his his about that. Yeah. P- as Peter Kersenow, maybe you don't want to answer. It's okay, but his last statement was, "I despise their worldview." I've no respect for those who ascribe to it. Can you, as Peter Kersenow, conservative, you know, civil rights commissioner, you describe yourself on my program numerous times as being just to the right of Attila the Hun. Uh, can, can, do you want to have a common ground with these people who believe that children's drag story hour in the local library is a good thing, that, that abortion on demand up to including after birth is a good thing? Etc. Etc. Do you want to be a part of that, or do you, with Matt Walsh, where you just say, you know what, you go and live in an existence of your own. I don't want anything to do with you. I want to be able to convince them to my worldview, and as I said before, I doubt right now that that's feasible. I don't see how that happens, except for, again, parents who are concerned about their kids who've reacted violently. You know, I say that metaphorically to 
things like the critical race theory in 1619 project. Mm-hmm. But I do think, I think there's a schism here that you can't reconcile. Uh, and it will take a long time to reconcile. And if their worldview prevails, then we won't see a world that, um, we won't see a United States of America that we've had the privilege of living in for such a long time. It will be radically different. It will be scary. It will be much worse than the world is right now. And it goes beyond the politics of it, Bob. One thing, I did give you a long-winded answer, but uh, one of the things I wanted to append to it was, I think um, we're missing the point when we're looking at political solutions here. This goes to, again, worldviews, incorporate political solutions or politics, but this goes to the essence of who we are as people. And I think that for quite some time, and I don't mean to wax spiritual on people, I'm ill-equipped to do so, but my own view is that uh, for a couple of decades now, several decades, we've abandoned uh, some of the founding principles of America that are not necessarily tethered to government. They have to do with our values, our spiritual values. They have to do with, among other things, Judeo-Christian ethic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've been derogating those things to our detriment. We've had family structure that has been ripped asunder. We've got right now in the black community uh, upwards of 75 to 80% of kids born out of wedlock. Uh, families are disintegrating all over the map, and that includes white families, also Hispanic families. Asians, you know, are still not uh, to the degree that uh, other racial groups are. But Americans in general don't think that the family, that marriage is very important. Uh, church attendance is declining. Again, I'm ill-equipped to talk about these things. I think you need, you know, the kind of Robbie Georges of the world, uh, the real uh, philosophers out there to really address this. But the fact of the matter is that even a simpleton such as myself can look around, remember what our youth was like, and as I, I say very often, uh, the family is the smallest unit of government, but it's disintegrating across the land, and we're doing things actively from a public policy perspective, that's expediting that disintegration. When that happens, our values, our religious faith start to diminish. And we're seeing that happening across the board. Objective truth is no longer the standard. Now your reality is optional. And unless we have common facts upon which we can agree, there's no way that we we can go and roam in the same direction. So again, Matt Walsh, I think, is correct. He's got the stronger side of the argument. Um, I'm hopeful, uh, as I always am, because, you know, I know folks, you and I have gone out and talked to conservatives all across the country, and I'm energized by them. And when you meet these people, especially those who have served in the military, you think that all things are possible. But it's very, very depressing to look at, you know, turn on the TV every day and you see athletes who are turning their back on the flag. You see people who are trying to burn down and and, uh, uh, desecrate churches. You see people are saying that they hate America. Billionaires who do things that, you know, are, are clearly in contravention of what America stands for, and they are lionizing the communist Chinese. They could never have become billionaires in any other place, and yet they're turning their backs on America. When you see all those things, you know, you tend to think that uh, Victor Davis Hanson uh, is uh, one of the best commentators on the current scene that we know, mm-hmm. and he's very pessimistic of what's going on. So, you know, look, um, when I listen to him, and I uh, observe the passing scene myself, as Thomas Slow would say, it's, it's pretty pessimistic, pretty pessimistic. 
Yeah, and I appreciate that, Pete. That was, you know, you take as long as you want to answer that question because it is. There's a lot of thought there and that has to go into it. And uh, I kind of concur. I want it to be better. I want unity to happen, but I don't want to sacrifice any of the principles that I hold dear. And you talked about Judeo-Christian values and principles. I don't want to sacrifice those in order to get along. I don't want to. I don't want to just. Hey, I'll unify with you. I'll compromise on some of my beliefs if you compromise on some of yours, because quite frankly, some of my beliefs are not compromisable. Right. Um, yeah. Including, including, you know, the, the, the belief in when a baby is a baby, uh, when a life is a life, including, you know, uh, general scientific principles. I'm never going to be okay with a female thinking that she's a male and saying I must affirm that and vice versa. Um, you know, I'm not going to believe that all white people are born racist inherently. Uh, there are things that are just I'm not going to do in the interest of having unity. Uh, I'd, I'd right. rather be I'd rather be apart from you and 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 separate from you than unified with you if I have to if I have to allow for some of those things to say okay I'm okay with that because I'm not. Yeah, one of the problems, Bob, that we conservatives have are, and I, I'm not trying to say the conservatives are intrinsically better than liberals or anything else like that. Um, I am. I am. Okay, I'm but, sorry. But from from a God from a God standpoint, from a from a from a value standpoint, from a constitutional standpoint. All of the things that we you know live our lives and we base this you just said it yourself with the exception of Jesus being put onto this earth, the United States is the greatest thing that has ever happened to this world um, and 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 we are defending it and they are attacking it so I will say without hesitation and without without shame uh, you know and in fact the opposite of shame I'm, I say very proudly that we are conservatism is better it is a better oh, ideology no, it is a it is a more, it is. It is a more no moral ideology. That. It is a more more integrity driven ideology, and so forth. I'm sorry, Pete. I'm getting a little bit fired up. Go ahead. Yeah. No. 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 I, I agree with you entirely. Um, what I'm saying is that I don't think that a conservative, any individual conservative, is necessarily better than a liberal. Liberals may be mistaken. They think we're evil. Okay. Um, I think I'm hopeful that maybe with a little bit of logic and facts, you can persuade the average person who may have liberal beliefs, like most of the millennia out there who've been taught from the time they were in kindergarten, really dumb things. And over a period of time, they start to learn something else. So, but here's my point. It's actually consistent with something you're saying. It's uh, actually here. The point is that if we as conservatives, however, in our desire as people to be, you know, magnanimous and people of goodwill, if we start making those kinds of compromises, we will lose the battle because it's what Mark Stein called very well the one-way liberal ratchet. We like to, you know, not necessarily demonize people. We want to see if we can reach some kind of common ground. But every time we do, and we see this in the political sphere with the Republicans, they give in on something that looks to be minor. They hope that they can achieve some type of unanimity that is for the greater good. But when they give up on what is ostensibly a minor thing, it advances the liberal or progressive project in a way we can't reclaim anymore. We can't dig back and say, wait a minute, uh, we didn't mean to give that up. So those small things are worth 
fighting for, every single one. When we see one of these gigantic bills, first of all, they're abominations. They shouldn't even be there. We no longer have budgets anymore. We don't have any, you know, it used to be that you used to have a budget and the Congress would, would vote upon and you'd have to stick within the budget. We no longer do those kinds of things anymore, those types of disciplines. But when we have these giant bills where they throw in all manner of things that no one's ever even read about, what we can't do is have the nice Republicans, so to speak, say, well, we're going to compromise on this, we're going to compromise on that, we're going to compromise here, because all that does is, as I said, advance the liberal project, and after a while, we're going to be swamped, and we never are going to be able to recover again. So right now, it should have been done a long time ago, but, you know, we can't recover the past. Starting right now, all of our weak-kneed Republicans and anybody else out there who you know, wants to preserve some semblance of what we recognize as the United States of America, unfortunately, we've got some work to do. We've got to stick to our guns, fight hard, not yield. You achieve compromises only where those compromises can advance the restoration of the American ideal. But uh, these other kind of compromises have to understand in a thousand page bill, even if you compromise on paragraph 3B of page 21, that is going to yield something. I, that's not to mean that you, know, you don't compromise in certain ways, but understand what you're doing every single time you're doing it. And like you said, you know, it, there's no um, way that you can reconcile a man being a woman. If you believe a man is a woman, then, I mean, my goodness, you know, the, 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 the bridge that allows us to discuss differences has pre- been pretty much burned down. There's, there's exactly. no way of getting around that. Objective facts are objective facts. We have to have a common set of facts if we're going to be debating policy or anything else. But going back to what I said before, I think we talk about facts, we talk about politics, we talk about government a lot. And that's what we know, and that's what's, what we're, we're good at doing. But this all comes down to spirituality, what our notions of, of existence are, of what human beings are. And again, I'm, I'm poor at waxing philosophical about these things, but to the extent we eschew religious principles, the extent we ignore differences between good and evil, you know, we, today people kind of turn up their noses on such yucky concepts, but those are the things that are driving what's happening in America today. We are, we are accepting things that are objectively evil and we know in the long run are going to cause profound harm to society and immediately to our kids. And we're seeing these encroachments daily, but we're not standing up for it. We're afraid of being canceled. I'm one of those people who's afraid of being canceled, but, but frankly, you know, what the heck? Uh, every once in a while, you got to say something. But we've got to do it every single time. Stand up for the eternal verities. Stand up for principles. Stand up for the United States of America. Do not yield. Well, you know, you are in a unique position as a person who's afraid of being canceled because you're self-employed. You know, you run your own shop, and, and that's important. It's those who work for somebody else who worry about losing their gigs and their means of income and so on and so forth that have a real tough time with a, with a lot of what you just said. Pete, um, to the point of... You you said uh, you know if you believe uh, you, 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 if somebody else believes that a man is a woman, well then our bridge has pretty much been burned down as far as finding common ground because it's not the case. I want to ask you about this story that's in the news today. Disney World slash Disneyland, one is in Orlando, the others in California, have decided that the introduction that they have traditionally had before their fireworks toward the end of their evenings in their parks is now gone. Uh, it's now no longer appropriate. 
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you probably recognize that. I think that's how Ringling Brothers always opened up their shows as well in the circuses. Disney has dropped ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls. They are now just simply greeting everyone with dreamers of all ages. It's their nod to inclusivity. It's their nod to uh, people who just don't quite recognize themselves as one or the other of those things, boys or girls, men or women, males or females, ladies or gentlemen. So we're just going to call them all dreamers of all ages. This is normalizing the behaviors that we are talking about before. It is furthering the divide. If we cannot even accept settled, provable, observable, scientific fact as being that. If we can't agree on that, Pete, how can we ever agree on things that actually have gray areas? Sex is not one of those things. Bob, whenever I heard the term inclusivity, I know a lot of people, in fact, the majority, are about to be excluded. That's what's going to happen. When you hear diversity, equity, and inclusion, first of all, we all know every single one of us, you know, kind of put up our arms in the shape of a cross when we hear that term for good reason. Um, Mendacity and toxicity are going to follow. When you hear the term inclusivity, it's usually a reflection of the tyranny of the minority. The United States of America is intrinsically an inclusive country. We don't have to go on about inclusivity all the time. And whenever we start to eliminate certain phrases in order to be inclusive, we are necessarily being exclusive. And what we're excluding is the majority of Americans who believe in objective truth, and we're definitely excluding conservative Americans. You're saying basically, nope, we're yielding to the woke agenda. And you conservatives who are people of goodwill, and you don't have any interest in necessarily excluding anybody, you've never have in your entire life, you guys are bad folks. And we're going to shove it in your face. We're going to let you know that we are better than you. You know, look, uh, there comes a point where Americans have got to figure out, are we going to be uh, pressured like this? Are we going to be shamed like this? Are we, are we going to be excluded like this? Are we going to just stand up for the United States of America and what we know is principled and correct and accurate and right? It's a hard thing to do. We are at a juncture now that I don't think any of us have ever partic- uh, anticipated. I listen and read historians all the time who seem baffled by all of this. They, they try to come up with predictions. Matt Walsh didn't. I think he's, you know, he's got a, a very reasonable opinion. Yeah. DDH, I think, is, is very, very grounded. But almost everybody I read, at least coming from the right, the, the left is always seems to be sour, but every historian from the right looks at this and says, nothing good's coming from this. And um, we don't know where it's going to end up, but not in a good place. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. It's just, um, you know, I, I jokingly said to Jim Jordan before you came on, um, Disney's going to have to close Epcot Center. Epcot Center is largely devoted to science, and by saying that uh, there are no longer boys and girls, uh, they are just all dreamers, they are clearly indicating they are no longer believers in science. So Epcot simply has to go. We'll leave it there. Peter Kirsten out for this one. Really deep stuff today. I really appreciate you kind of combing uh, through all of it all. Uh, Really, really appreciate that, Pete, and it's something I'm sure we'll talk more about in the future. Take care, Bob. Thank you, Peter. Peter Kirsten, now AM 1420, The Answer, 1051. Got time for a few phone calls before the top of the hour. Let's limit the phone calls to that question. Do you agree that there is never going to be unity in the United States because we, 
believers in what we are, will never find common ground with those who say that children should be exposed to drag shows, women have penises, infanticide is good, and all white people are racist. There is no common ground between us, wrote Matt Walsh. I despise their worldview and have no respect for those who ascribe to it. Do you agree with him? Does that summarize how you feel? Will you ever want to unify with people who believe those things on the other side? I'd love to hear from you here before we're done. 216-901-0945. Answer that question next. AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1056, let's get a couple of phone calls in about unity. Will we ever unify? Do you want to unify with people who have a worldview like the one that I just described in the uh, tweet from Matt Walsh? Uh, Scott is in uh, Concord. Hey, Scott, you're on the air. Go right ahead. Hey, Bob. It's impossible to have unity in the United States, and here's why. God says in his word that wide is the gate to destruction, and many will, will travel through that and narrow is the gate to life, and few will find it. Therefore, it is impossible, if you're following God's word, to have unity. The only way you can have unity is with a totalitarian-type government like China, where they tell you, if you do not say and believe as we say, we will kill you, and then most people will fall in line. I don't know that I agree with what you're describing as unity, uh, my friend. I think what you're describing is conformity. I don't think we have to conform to be united. We can be, and, and thank you for the phone call, we can be, uh, have differing levels of our agreement or disagreement in certain things and still be united as Americans. For example, again, all people who, who really despise one another's beliefs came together and united for a little while after 9-11. That doesn't mean we conform to one another. Uh, we just say, you know what, there are things bigger than us and our beliefs, and we can unite in that way. My question is, shy of another terrible tragedy like that, can we or do you even want to? you know unite and say i'm just like you and you're just like me and we're both the same when you know our ideologies are so extraordinarily different especially when it comes to matters of life and death uh thank you scott let's go to jeff in sheffield hi jeff go ahead yeah hi bob uh yeah i i fully agree we'll never have a uh, unity in this country for a lot of reasons uh i wouldn't want to be unified with people who believe in that stuff either but also the left will never uh, compromise. They, it's always their way or the highway. They want total control. And, you know, until they get total control, they're just going to keep doing all their divisive stuff. Yeah, and total control is exactly what they seek. And that's the difference between us. And thank you for the phone call. That is the difference. I think the last caller talked about it somewhat, too. Conformity is what the left demands. That, again, I've said it before. If you're gay and you're a conservative Republican, you love who you love and you go home at night and you have your, your relationship and you are what you are. If you're a progressive and you're gay, you demand a parade be thrown in your honor and a month to celebrate how proud you are of being that. And if everybody doesn't go along with you, you are, in, in other words, conform, then you are going to destroy them and their career, cancel them as being homophobic or transphobic or this-obic or that-obic. That's exactly 
the point. Conservatives don't demand conformity. Liberals do, and that's why we can never really find unity. Great conversation that will have to be picked up tomorrow. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.